0: Into the Zeitgeist, the comedic research podcast, is funded by you. Thank you. If you want to learn how to support the show, go to patreon.com slash wdm1. hello everyone before we get off and running today i just wanted to cut in here and let you know that this is uh the second part of a two-part episode uh, about the rocky horror picture show uh, shannon and i wanted to create a mashup of our two shows into the zeitgeist and that you haven't seen that movie podcast for a very special halloween themed topic if you haven't listened to the first part of our Rock Horror Picture Show special, please stop this and go back and listen to the first part um, that's over on the other channel. Uh, there will be a link in the show notes. Anyways, let's jump back in to where we left off last week. Uh, Shannon and I were talking about makeup movie
1: artists um for the film they got in a makeup artist pierre laroche um who did i'm not sure who that is bowies? oh i see what i'm saying here pierre laroche he actually or yeah, this makeup artist did david bowie's makeup Oh, so all, a lot of those classic bowie bowie looks um came from this makeup artist um oh, and so they huh. got this artist to do tim curry's um look for frankenfurter but um the artist took so long it took him like four hours and so then tim curry just ended up doing it himself oh my gosh which yeah that seems pretty classic tim curry
0: <laughs> four, I-, I could not sit for four hours yeah with somebody yeah make up for me oh my gosh no way um, I feel bad for those people who do like horror movies and have to get fucking cake, like, or maybe like um, Dave Bautista and Guardians of the Galaxy. Anybody who has to get in some type of like,
1: oh god. Like physical
0: suit or you know practical suit in any way, I'm like, god damn, like I would not be able to like sit for four hours and do all that shit.
1: I couldn't do that either. Oof. Right. I don't know. Maybe if I was listening to an episode of Into the Zeitgeist, I could.
0: <laughs> right? You could be sitting in your costume chair right now getting makeup and, and shit and listening to this. Let us know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or don't. I don't or know. Or don't. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, so we mentioned earlier that Marky um, Horror has the longest running theatrical release. Um, and this is in part because of the continued midnight showings of the film um, but they actually the midnight showings began at the Waverly Theater in New York City and they started on April 1st 1976 um, and I read a lot of articles that people were like are they actually showing it because it's April Fool's <laughs> um, so I really appreciated what this article had to say about um, this time period because the author noted, in a time and place um, where gay rights was just finding its voice in the wake of the Stonewall riots, the Waverly, where um, Rocky Horror was being shown, attracted a congregation of groovy outcasts, weirdos, and rejects an audience hungry to celebrate a story of sexual awakening where gender fluidity and pansexualism are joyfully celebrated, where a straight, white, conventionally attractive young couple called Brad and Janet, both virgins until their wedding night, are considered the freaks, (laughs) and where a sweet transvestite from from Transylvania, dressed in black heels, suspenders, full makeup, and little else, Waltz is off with the movie. Um, around the turn of the 20th century, the American public's desperate, insatiable fascination with spiritualism and the promise of communication with dead family members made it a golden era for self-proclaimed clairvoyance, mystics, mediums, and spiritualists of all stripes. Um, the reason I included that is because um, it's with people sort of buying into the mystical claims of these people Mm. that um, we see an evolution towards midnight movies. So, sorry, I just kind of jumped into that real quick without introducing that idea, but um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. Um, So, in 1929, a stage magician named Elwin Charles Peck, um, and he performed under the name L... Win, but it's like E L W Y N. Okay, <laughs> came up with an act that was um at once very new and very old, and he presented it in a way no one ever had before. After all the other acts at whatever theater he was playing at at the time had went home for the night, he put on another show, the Elwyn's Midnight Spook Party. It opened with Elwin explaining to the audience that he was in contact with the spirit world warning them that they should be prepared to see some strange, even terrifying things over the course of the next hour. He then did a few of his standard tricks, slowly working in some of the same tricks used by spiritualist charlatans, such as Houdini, who such... Wait, by the spiral? I think I put that in there wrong. I'm so sorry. That's what happens when you use $5 words, David. Right. The spiritualist charlatan Houdini had unmasked over the previous 30 years. Oh, I see. He's saying that he would do these tricks that Houdini had like been like, look how stupid this trick is. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what he would start out with. Yeah. And then um, so like objects move mysteriously, eerie sounds came out of nowhere (sighs) But at the close of the show, the theater went completely dark as the spirits of the dead appeared and vanished on stage and flew over the heads of the audience. What he was offering at its heart was a seance.
0: Oh, my gosh. So he was
1: inviting all these people to midnight seances. Super fun. Love it was it. the birth of a new entertainment form. <laughs> <laughs> right. Given um, these other like magic shows also tended to start at midnight. They came to be known generally as midnight spook shows, midnight ghost shows, or l- later they were known as midnight monster shows. Um huh. In the, and it's kind of with these spook shows that audience participation starts to develop. So you have, you know, whatever character magician you have on stage and they're getting the audience to participate. Mm-hmm. And so then that's kind of what carries through and to like the Rocky Horror Picture Show where it's like people kind of take it upon themselves to give you the performance. But they're going to make you be a part of it, too, when you're huh. at one of those midnight showings.
0: I see. That's that's fun. I like that. With the psychic part, it's a little fucked up sometimes. I know that. But what's that one South Park episode where Stan <laughs> makes fun of the dude who who like reads um what what is it? a medium like a fake medium?
1: Yeah, I yeah. I,
0: but this isn't a positive light, obviously. But yeah,
1: it's kind of or, or that- it's not as you know, it's it's a gimmick. In their owning the fact that it's a gimmick. You yeah, know? Yeah. Um so, anyways, to kind of jump back to the movie scene, after the release of The Exorcist, um, the very nature of horror movies really started to dramatically change. Um, audience wanted the kind of tre- cheap tricks that they were seeing at these midnight spook shows. They wanted that in the movies. Um and so the movies were kind of able to Create them in, in more, I don't want to say realistic, but like less figure outable ways, you know? Huh. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, huh. So the spook shows, they'd already kind of been struggling to survive against like the movie scene. Um, and that the spook shows and the magicians kind of vanished, but Rocky Horror and this kind of um, element of the Midnight movie stayed around um let's see um and and so this next part um i think it it kind of jumps ahead but it also just speaks to why i think um rocky horror has maintained and transcended through media um so the author says above all the rocky horror picture shows challenge to don't dream it be it was taken to heart by audiences Decades before secret cinema was even a twinkle, Rocky Horror fans created an immersive movie-going experience by returning week after week in costume as their favorite characters, armed with props such as water pistols to affect rain, Rice to throw in the church in the church scene, uh, toast to throw when Eddie pre- or when Frank proposes a toast. Uh, um, at one New Orleans cinema, a fan dressed as Eddie, who's played by Meatloaf in the movie, mm-hmm. um, he would drive his motorbike down you. the aisle during Eddie's intro to Hot Patootie. Um, That's fucking awesome. <laughs> obviously, cinema's not too thrilled with this, but I guess. They just didn't want to have to deal with the riot that would happen if they canceled these, but um, <laughs> wow. they tried to ban food throwing um it was a nightmare to hoover up, <laughs> uh, particularly the hurled hot dogs, but it was all intended to merge viewer reality with the on screen action, hmm. really putting you in the movie like I just love that that's funny. I whenever,
0: whenever y'all were talking about this, cause like, I had, I had told Shannon and my roommate JT that I hadn't watched it before, but I remember them telling me about these like midnight showings and shit, and I was just like, what? Like, hey, dude, this, like, midnight showing?" I was, I'm like, thinking like movie theater, like, we're gonna go plop our asses down, you know, and shit, or it's like a classic movie or whatever, and you're, you know, just doing the same thing, but it's fun. I was like, so thrown aback by, just all the wild stuff that goes on, and I think it's. I love the. I love the meatloaf one. That one's so funny. of The dude riding his motorcycle in the movie. Dude, I, I could, love
1: it. I love it. That almost kind of feels like grease to me.
0: Too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe they symbolism Shannon. They yeah. Killed, they killed meatloaf, the grease-looking fellow. Yeah,
1: don't be a greaser. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Get in here. We
1: don't need any of that misogyny.
0: <laughs> oh my lord!
1: Um, so I thought this was so funny. So people who, um, as so as an appetizer, virgins—those who have never seen rocker, Rocky horror before—are sacrificed. They are brought to the stage to be embarrassed for the audience's amusement before being allowed to return to their seats.
0: That part I don't like. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, oh, I mean, God. I feel like if you said you weren't a virgin, um they might believe you. Yeah.
0: No, my face would give me <laughs>
1: who's tim (laughs) (laughs)
2: carrey
0: oh shit (laughs) riot (laughs) that's so fucking funny
1: so i just uh grabbed a few of the callbacks um i tried to i tried to find more but i I feel like it's just something you've got to be there to really get, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just tried to get ones that I felt like I could maybe explain. (laughs) Okay. Um, so anytime we see the narrator, um, the callback from the audience is to say he's got no fucking neck. Um, and the context for that is he doesn't have a neck (laughs) and he's a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so these are callbacks oh. to Janet. So she says, so at one point, Janet says, I'm coming with you. And the audience says, that'll be a first.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: and then she says, the owner of that phone might be a beautiful woman. Oh, this is when her uh, Brad are in the car and he's about to go up to the Frankenstein place to ask to use their phone. Oh, okay. Oh, gosh. And so the audience says back. He is, it's Dr. Frankenfurter.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then Janet says, and you might never come back again, Brad. She doesn't say Brad, but uh, <laughs> then the audience says, you should be so lucky. Um <laughs> I just thought the context for this was really funny. Like Janet and Brad's sex life has about as much spice in it as a tub of plain yogurt. Um, But the fruit on the bottom of that cup is about to be stirred up by a transgressive trans vixen who will all shortly meet. That is funny. Um,
0: That'll be a first. (laughs) I think that's so funny.
1: And then... Uh, this one is Frank, he says, and he's good for relieving my, and then the audience says, sexual, as Frank says, tension. Um, This is where we uh, kind of first meet Frank and who this who does- Article describes uh Frankenfurter as the matriarch of the castle, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. Right. Um, and I guess this whole article actually refers to Dr. Frankenfurter as a her. I think we've been I've just been saying Dr. Frankenfurter. I know you've been saying them there, which I feel like is probably also an appropriate default. Um, but we'll talk more about uh Dr. Frankenfurter's sexuality in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um Oh, this one's good. So this one is where Frank uh, finishes up singing and he goes, I see you shiver with Antissa. And the audience is supposed to say, say it. Uh, <laughs> and then Frank Giffen says, patient. Um, one of my favorite lines. Yeah. It, it, and this callback is like one of the most iconic ones. Um
0: this desperate treat from the audience <laughs> reveals dangerous the dangerous rate at which hormones are coursing through all of our veins.
1: <laughs> we need Tim Curry. We need him. <laughs> oh my god, that is no. so funny. And we need Rocky.
0: <laughs> right, oh my god.
1: Show us Rocky. Give
0: me Rocky horror. <laughs> I love it.
1: Um This one I just kind of threw in because I thought it was funny. I didn't know who Dan Quayle was. But I guess at one point they say, describe Dan Quayle. And the audience's callback is, a weekly weighing 98 pounds. That's two Dan Quayles. (laughs) And then they say, we'll get sand in his face. Um, And apparently Dan Quayle... um, was some sort of diminutive Republican politician and former vice president of the United States. I have no idea who no he was vice president for. I have no idea who that is, but I just thought that was funny Um, how they kind of threw in a political message there. Right. Wow. Um, do we want to say that there? Sure. Why not? Um. <laughs> So I guess to kind of just sum up like the callbacks and and the reason um I wanted to talk about some of those and some of the uh the interviews and some of the uh writer's thoughts um is really at the end of the day the biggest message of um the Rocky Horror Picture Show um and I think to a lot of the lgbtq plus community to us it's it's because it really dares audiences it dares you to be involved it dares you to be yourself it dares you to let go of convention um the movie even says don't dream it be it um that's really the theme that's pervased if you will but um granted it's not the only sort of cultural moment that it's taken away but right. it's certainly one of like i think the most comforting most favorable is don't dream it be it mm-hmm. um and it, it it wasn't for you know it originally wasn't for just like a lay audience someone who just wants to go to a movie to get their mind off whatever
2: right
1: um it it, it was it was for people who felt like they didn't have any other place to go or anywhere where they belonged. It was really for people who felt like they were outcasts, um, people who felt like they were smothered by what they were supposed to do or who they were supposed to be. Wow. That's, um, that's well. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of why I wanted to talk about some of those things. We're going to keep going because we have even more to talk about. But... Yeah. yeah, we'll
0: we'll get in. Let's get into the themes. We already talked about the actors before. Definitely. Oh, okay. Shannon, do you want to talk about uh, a little bit of the themes? Um, I know we talked a lot. I, I uh, very rich, rich text. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, you know, I was trying to find something. I'm glad that we spent that much time on the different. I don't know the inspirations one especially with that song and then like what the writer um felt as well and the director um because i think it it, it, i don't know it's very multifaceted and i think we were talking earlier uh you gave the analogy of like a a, like a tree and all the branches off of it and how many different uh, there's a, a line that I love. Imitation is uh, the highest form of flattery. Oh. Um, and so when we were going through all of this, I was like, okay, nice, nice. I love it. But anyways.
1: Yeah. You know, that's that's funny to say that, like flattery. But it's also like an appreciation for homage.
0: people, you know, I've heard homage. people say.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know which uh, theme you want to start off with. Uh,
1: what jumps out at you, David? Hmm? What jumps out at you? We have a few themes here. Um, I mean, I think we, uh, we're kind of just focusing on almost like these overarching themes, yes. and there's definitely more detailed nuances to this that you could definitely argue for and justify
2: True. um but True.
1: we are going to focus on four main themes the mm-hmm. first one will, or not the first one the first one will be whichever one david chooses
0: um let's but, just take it from the top yes. you want to
1: take it from the top yeah um so the first one that i noted was sexuality and sexual identity um I I have two moms, and so that's kind of my relation to the LGBTQ plus world. I kind of I grew up in it. Um we went to a church that was LGBTQ plus friendly. We um, you know, it it, it, it was just kind of something that to me, and, and I think that's one of the reasons Rocky Horror appeals to me so much, is I often feel like I'm not Brad and Janet, but I'm someone who's already in the castle. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. because it's like, I, I, um, have already given in to it. You know, right. what, what does he say? Like you have to give up, like your whatever, but that's kind of how like I've always felt like I've been on the inside of the castle looking out, so to speak. And mm-hmm. so, um, King of the castle, king of the castle. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. And so it's queen like, queen of the castle, queen of the castle. <laughs> but that's funny that you say that. Cause usually we do think of like elites, kings, queens, presidents living in castles, mm-hmm. but that's not the case here. It's, it's the outcasts. It's the rejects that are living in the castle. It's mm-hmm. the people that aliens, others so aliens. Speak. Yeah, that's a great, yes. Um, And so, to feel like you already see yourself on the inside, I think makes this movie really special in that sense. Um, So, when exploring sexuality and sexual identity, um, I came across um, Alfred Kinsey, who came up with the Kinsey scale, um, which basically to him, he didn't believe that people were exclusively heterosexual or exclusively homosexual. Um, He believed sexuality was on a spectrum. He believed you could be a little bit of both or you could be asexual. Um, And so since 1948, the idea of that kind of spectrum has also been applied to gender as well. Um, And I'm inclined to buy into the argument. I I don't necessarily think that um i think that the way that we think about sex is often influenced on us by society
0: definitely
1: and when you take the societal aspect out of it like yeah i could definitely see how it's a spectrum Mm -hmm. that you know you you get to decide where you fall on it on any given day
0: right exactly um yeah no it's funny that you you mentioned that you you felt like you were in the castle already because i i think i, I was a brad or a janet um i think you know i was you know, my parents were religious you know go, growing up we were we were raised <laughs> uh, Baptist, um, Southern Baptist. Yeah. So that's like pretty down in the, down in the weeds or whatever. And, uh, it wasn't until college and I had a few relationships with, uh, a few trans women and I, uh, I feel it was there that like, and I knew, I knew it when I was going into college because I, not that I hated the, Isolation that a like small town community brings because I still love you know like scenery and stuff but it's like people who live in the country this isn't stereotyping in my opinion but are closed off to ideas both sure. geographically and right yeah you know, metaphysically I guess I would say yeah well, maybe that's a maybe I'm not finding the right word but um and so going off to college I knew that was going to be one and I wanted to embrace that and. You know, from there, it's just been a a fucking journey, and I I fucking love it. And I, it is a spectrum because you know, I, you know, it's um, I, I'm one who is I would consider myself like an empath. Yeah, Um, me too. I empathize with anybody who tells me their story. It's just we talk about it a lot on Into the Zeitgeist. It's just like. I even said it to JT the other day. I was like, the culmination of your experiences make you who you are today. Right. And I'm just like, I like anybody who I hear a story from, um, you know, I'm just, I can't help, but empathize with that because I, you know, I, I have my own story. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. That was really well said. And, You know, that's something that's almost kind of interesting about Rocky Horror is that it's almost like the outcasts who enjoy Rocky Horror are the ones that are, like, appropriating a story on to, like, Dr. Frank and all the characters in the castle, you know? Like, we don't really know their story. I I mean, we don't really know Brad and Janet either. We're just... Deducing that Brad and Janet are these, you know, their waspy cliches. Yeah. And then you you have the castle, which is just all of these folks. <laughs> I don't even know if that's the right word. Mm-hmm. Um are, are it, it just seemingly just just a cast of characters, like I can't even pinpoint it. You know, I can't even but but I couldn't tell you like their background or anything like that. Like it's just I just know that there's a connection there. Like mm-hmm. that and the other people, other audiences feel that connection too. Right. I don't know where that comes from. It's uncanny.
0: Oh, yeah, that's a good word. Good word.
1: Um anyways. I'm uh, sorry, yeah, <laughs> it took us off on to a kinda tangent. jump back into this idea of sexual identity. Um the pronoun he is, it's often applied to Frankenfurter because he's played by a male Tim Curry. Um, but it's pretty clear throughout, throughout the show that his or their gender and sexuality are fluid. And, uh, and we've kind of been cognizant of that throughout this episode as well. Um, the character can be played by people of either gender during live performances of the show. And that, I think that really just, it, Solidifies like anyone. If you can dream it, do it. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Good point. That's a good way to put it. I, yeah, I appreciate that. It's not like it's competition or anything, but like who can do the best Tim Curry? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, anyways. Yeah.
1: But yeah, I, I think. There's something, too, that I think, you know, this movie, I I guess we reference in the callback the Dan Quayle guy who's out of our millennial wheelhouse. Um, But it's there's something so both simultaneously political and anti-political about Dr. Frankenfurter, and that the character doesn't have to choose and like, it's empowering. It's like, it's like, I don't know. I was thinking, and I kind of said earlier, like, Frank Converter is akin to Jesus. When you think about the biblical connotations of what Rocky Horror kind of alludes to, and then in the Bible, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it's, you know, but we don't know. We God doesn't have a gender. God doesn't have a sexuality. Like, why... Does any of it matter when we can just accept God for what it is? Why can't we accept people for who they are?
0: Mm-hmm. hmm Right.
1: Anyways. <laughs> um, I'll jump off the soapbox there.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness.
1: Um, so in the movie, near the end of the movie, um, Frank Inverter says, Give yourself over to absolute pleasure. Swim the warm waters of sins of the flesh. Erotic nightmares beyond any measure and sensual daydreams to treasure forever. Um, and then he goes on to say, Don't dream it, be it. Um, Frankenfurter has convinced in this moment, he convinces the others to join him in the swimming pool orgy scene. Mm-hmm. It's free love and running eyeshadow. Um, he wants people to be free of their sexuality. Um and, and I think, too, maybe just like like free of the the constraints of convention generally is something I would also add there. Mm. Um, yeah. At the bottom of the pool, this is where we see that painting David and I were talking about earlier. It's Michelangelo's The Creation of Adam. The
0: Creation of Adam. I always wondered what it was called. I, I always forgot.
1: And it's it's such a unique parallel because Adam and Eve – you know, they were created divinely without sexual intercourse, but they were the only ones. Um, and so it's just interesting that the image at the bottom of the swimming pool literally calls out the hypocrisy of demeaning sexuality when none of us would be here if no one was having sex.
0: Hmm. I, I I, love that musical number at the end, one. Yeah. Um, and then two... Wait, wasn't it okay? Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that the creation of Adam also in his like uh, master suite or whatever too? Mm. What, was, what was that up on the wall? I feel like it was, or maybe it was just like a big like step up or whatever. I don't know. I don't know, but
2: no, I'm I don't curious. Know, it, 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 I
0: love that part. I love the. I don't know, taking off those chains, so to speak, and. It's been, I don't know, a topic of thought in these last couple months. Of I'm always a this is it's speaking to my like self esteem, self confidence thing, but like, like don't be it, dream it, or excuse me, don't dream it, be it. I I have to realize that my personality is who I am. My sexuality is who I am, and trying not to be—I'm always scared of what people are going to say. The podcast, you know, it's a—it's a funny dichotomy, but this is for me. Like my podcasts are, are for me. Um, I, I, you know, want people to enjoy it, obviously, but I want to be my authentic self, and if that means that you know I had to go take all those, you know, rip all those chains off to do that, then. That's something worth fighting for, I think. Not to bring Mulan into it, but
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's interesting that you say that because I there's another show I've been watching that I I don't know it's oh I feel pretentious saying this but it's kind of highbrow like comedy it's it's well the comedy itself is dark but the media is very kind of like. You definitely have to be on it oh, to get it. Okay. Um, but there was this episode, and and it's because it's the comedy is so dark. Like oh, I, I find every episode freaking hilarious, but other people are like, "What's wrong with you?" What is this? Um, it's called the premise on Hulu, and and each episode has its own premise, and like you can watch any episode, you can watch them out of order, oh, okay. and it'll all make sense. I see um They're Black Mirror esque. Yes, okay. yes. I would say Black Mirror, but with like it's dark comedy. Like it's supposed to be funny. Oh, okay. okay. Um, and the episode I I just watched that just came out. It's funny you say that. It's about this influencer, and she gets so hung up on this commenter that just keeps like calling her out in all of her posts and like. You know, she gets hundreds of other comments that are like, oh, you're so gorgeous, blah, 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 blah. But she, like, can't see past this one, like, Mm -hmm. vicious commenter. But then, like, the kind of twist in the episode is she feels like that commenter is the only one who actually sees her. Um, Because everyone else is just telling her what she thinks she wants to hear.
0: Right, right.
1: And I think... You know, it's almost like the moral is is you shouldn't really even be listening to anybody when it comes to like your life choices, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point.
1: But at the same time, you can't hold it against people for wanting to be accepted for who they are.
0: Yeah. It's a funny, it's a funny teeter totter game that we play. Um, with that.
1: Hm. Yeah, I think um and
0: I've, you know, speaking from experience, I feel better with those chains off. Yeah, uh, yeah so it's uh, yeah, it's it's interesting to think about the I don't know, spectrum, spectrum idea and embracing that spectrum idea.
1: Yeah, and I think too in, in I probably should have said this sooner, but Rocky Horror was an instance where LGBTQ plus, you know, anyone else who sort of felt rejected by society, Rocky Horror accepted them. Yeah. Except, mm-hmm. It accepts all of us, but you you have to be willing to join the cult of Rocky Horror. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: They're all Brads and Janets. <laughs> They're all Brads and Janets. Just waiting to be, waiting to be uh, turned on their heads. <laughs> I love it.
1: Um, you know, I, I do kind of want to jump ahead a little bit to um one of uh, the other themes um it that I have that I kind of thought about a little bit, which is the theme of love. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I made this note like, what's the difference between love and lust? Does this movie actually? you know, tell us what love is, or is it showing us what love could be, or is it just showing us pure lust? Um, you know, I, I don't necessarily have an answer to that. Mm. As much as I think, and this might be a very unpopular opinion, but as much as I think that Dr. Frankenfurter is liberating, I also find Dr. Frankenfurter to be a um, narcissistic yeah. like and I don't okay. know that love is necessarily in the vocabulary but not in like a bad way but in like a way that's like rejecting what the society has you know Conditioned love to be.
0: You know, when I, th- I think of uh, a phrase um, that it came to mind instantly when you said that. I hear it all the time, and I fucking love it. It's it's okay sometimes to be selfish. Yeah. It can be bad to be selfish sometimes because we have been conditioned to be that empathetic person. To, you know, in the South, it's like a kind of like an unspoken thing of just being friendly to your neighbor or whatever, um, like commandment you want to fucking pull from it. But yeah, uh, it's okay to be, a, it, it even connects back to the, to the self-esteem thing that I was mentioning earlier.
1: Wow. Uh, you know, it's incredible that you say that cause that makes me think, you know, when Rocky Horror originally came out, I imagine to come out uh, as gay, as trans, as bi, as whatever, Mm -hmm. I can't imagine like how it's almost like I don't want to put myself in someone else's shoes, but I can imagine that there would be a sense of selfishness to it in the sense that you don't want to put that on your family or your friends necessarily in a society that hasn't been as accepting to you. Um, But then at the same time, like Rocky horror is like, you have to do it. Like you have to be yourself because if you're not like that's, that's, you're not,
0: it's the biggest crime of all. Yeah. Being yourself. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You're not getting to really live.
0: Injustice on yourself, and you know, yeah,
1: yeah, and so so you know, in that sense it's i I really like that 'cause there's there is this sort of sense of um selfishness around Dr. Frankenfurter that I think to me kind of came off as narcissism, mm-hmm. and maybe it still is, but really, like that ownership of that is is like I said earlier, it's liberating, but you're right, it's also it's 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 indulging in living your own life
0: <laughs> two sides of the argument it's funny because i agree with both.
1: <laughs> yeah i mean i i mean i i definitely like yes i see dr frankenfurter as like this mad scientist but there's something about being so i don't know just cognizant of that madness that is appealing and empowering
0: oh wow damn dude you're bringing uh, you're bringing up so much like things in my mind it's um just the offshoots of that it's it's like dichotomy it's it's a little telling
1: that's a that's a good point. Like, uh, another theme throughout this whole thing is madness. Like, there's this mad scientist, you know, parody. But, you know, people, lay people would find Frank mad be- because he lives, this person saying, he lives his life the way he would see fit. But he wouldn't consider himself mad because he's free and he, he's liberated and he is... Just trying to get other people to look in the mirror and see, see how you could do that.
0: Hmm. Yeah, when you bring up madness, it makes me think of like, um, it makes me think of Janet after Frank had come to her room, disguised as Brad. And that madness that maybe she thought herself is mad. I don't... Because she was definitely wrestling with that feeling like that. I think that was pretty apparent in the movie, at least.
1: Well, I think she sleeps with Rocky.
0: But, yeah, then runs into Rocky. Um, with the... I can't remember what song they sing, but I think it's the realization in that song that it's okay to...
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the that. That's the... Touch it, touch it, touch it, touch it. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um Oh, did I put that in here? I didn't. Okay, but I'm glad okay, I'm glad you brought that up because I I thought I put that in here, but I didn't. Because uh-huh. she goes, touch-a- it, touch it touch me. I wanna be dirty. Yeah. Um that kind of reminds me in that song and and um they mi- that's what I left out. One of the I think it was the composer said they um we're almost like not able to use that song in the movie, but they like fought for it, and mm-hmm. it kind of reminded me of when we talked about um the Sin Wagon song from the Dixie Chicks, Mattress Dancing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: okay. Fair
1: um. Enough. Anyways, so yeah, I I thought that was interesting, but yeah, you're right. It is really in that song that she awakens her. Yeah, oh,
0: that's yeah. Okay, yeah, I like that. That's nice and. It's a nice clean cut.
1: Did you ever have to read um The Great Awakening when you were in school by Kate Chopin? Nope. Oh wow. Yeah. Um that the book you recommend. Uh, I mean uh. I I like it but it is very much about um a woman finding like like liberation and and at the end she walks into the ocean and and drowns herself. Um they don't talk about that book in this movie to my recollection but i mean it's them getting in the swimming pool right. her walking into the ocean mm-hmm. it's hard not mm-hmm. to make that connection right um and, and, it, and it's, did
0: she did she do it willingly like yeah that, that was like finding
1: because it yeah, and i
0: See, think and that's that narcissism <laughs> of the play and that i mean when i think of that it's like I don't know. I say, I say narcissism, but I'm thinking a mix of, of being that selfish. Like, I am working on myself at this moment in my life. Like, you know, a lot of aspects. I'm sure everybody is. Um, and I feel like I'm a little self-centered when it comes to that and narcissistic to the things that don't involve that. And so, I don't know. This whole talk of, of narcissism in this context, um, Or or are you even using it in that? No,
1: no, no. I I don't disagree with you. But to an extent, I think that often when we see um, a duality of like women's liberation and then her death, um, whether that's um, her choice or someone else's, it, it, it seems like that's still just often the demise, which we don't see. In Rocky Horror, we see Janet kind of is, it, it's like, if you asked me if I thought that Brad and Janet were going to stay engaged, I'd probably say, I don't think so. Yeah. Like, no, I don't. Because I think that she found herself, whereas he didn't. Right. And I think, though, that's kind of like the twist on that genre with Rocky Horror. So in The Awakening, it's like, sure, you're liberated. Okay, but then you drown yourself and sure that's a choice like you're in control of the choice mm-hmm. and and that that's a brief moment of power for yourself right. that can can I think to an extent be respected but to I don't know it's just when I think about how much of that I see where it's like this heroin woman and then like she is empowered it's like and then she meets her demise it's like it's just exhausting yeah (laughs) i
0: agree i agree um, sorry no 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 i I love that i love that um
1: but yeah i think you gave me a
0: lot to think about it's
1: rocky horror definitely steers away from that to move us back to mm, yeah, okay. optimism is rocky horror is yes. very much like girl you go you right. get it wherever right. you want like not necessarily yeah you know, i mean consensually um do whatever you want get whatever you want within your as long as it's consensual as long as you're you know relatively safe I guess <laughs> um, I don't That's know dream in, don't dream it be it <laughs> a way of seeing is also a way of not seeing <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Um, sorry wow. okay so we jumped around a little bit so um, we've talked about love we've um, pretty much talked about madness and we've talked about sexuality and identity I think the last one here is something we've kind of been talking about this whole time, but um haven't really named. But it's the idea of foreignness in the other. Our other, we always talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um and being academia. alien.
0: We were using that phrase earlier, but yeah, we
1: were using that term very cautiously as in like actual extraterrestrials. Uh, right. Yes, <laughs>
0: yes, yes.
1: Um but yeah, I mean to kind of bring it back to not extraterrestrial, but what we think of to us as like what we don't know or unknown, whether it's people or cultures or, you know, people's history, there is often a fear there, I would say. What would you say to that?
0: Um, yeah, fear of the, you know, it's reminding me, <laughs> Please, if you have not seen the uh, that the most dangerous game, I, I really we, Shane and I have a great art or not argument, excuse me, a great conversation about ignorance and that fear of the unknown that these That's people true. harbor, and you know, I, I, you know, when I was younger, I was definitely ignorant of these ideas, and then going into college and things, I just um, coming into them, I, maybe in Janet's case specifically, like took to those I don't know I don't know where exactly where I was wanting to go with it but the, the ignorant when when I saw the fear of the unknown portion right here I was like yeah and people will stay in that mode until they themselves make the choice or I, yeah because Brad himself I don't think made that choice I think maybe you even mentioned that earlier but yeah. anyways I'm sorry.
1: No, yeah, you're right. I mean, I don't know. I think, and I think too, like, so I, if I want to suggest that Rocky Horror could have been straight science fiction or it could have been straight horror, but there's something about bringing the two of those together ideas together that kind of creates its own foreignness in a sense like sure i can think of like alien kind of does that um but it it's the sort of like it's the kitsch it's the camp of rocky horror that makes it so much more f- f- other
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> um but i think you know that and maybe that's part of the answer is once you come to experience the other and, you know, you get to the point where you're doing callbacks. You're a part of that. Like, you're moving past ignorance, you're moving past tolerance, and you're accepting. Whether it's yourself, whether it's other people, but that's something that, you know, definitely takes time right. and growth.
0: Yeah, Self, everybody, everybody has their own journey. And that's why I love having these different POVs. I'm glad we went into it earlier with all the the director, the writer, and composer, and shit like that. Um, because of that,
1: I wrote this kind of idea down, like the the idea of fear versus fascination. What do you think about that, David?
0: Oh, um, I don't know. Um at some points don't those fears, yeah, they're so foreign i hate to use the word again, uh somebody done it be repetitive, but that fear is so foreign to you that it does become a fascination you want to see like what it's about,
1: you know that's a good point is. I almost feel like that's a gauge. It's like if you're willing to experience it then you know that's the first step towards changing your attitude, towards changing your mind. But you're right, there's so many aspects of the world and life that I've never even like thought to look at like
0: you know sometimes they say in AA first you have to admit that you have a problem all right i kind of think of it in a similar vein yeah yeah hmm. oh well that was nice that was a nice uh, wow. cap to the themes i think
2: yeah. yeah
0: uh let's go ahead and jump into our likes our dislikes and then we'll get into our takeaways and a little conspiracy for you um, I, for me personally, I love Meat Loaf. Yeah. He's, I don't know, like, just that whole bit of him. Uh, what, what what was the song? Cutie Patootie?
1: Hot Patootie. Hot Patootie. Hot
0: Patootie. Hot Patootie.
1: Patootie. Bust my soul.
0: Mm-hmm. I oh, really love that rock, rock and roll. roll. Oh, I love that song. It's so good. Um, I, I love Meat Loaf. I, I love the criminologist, the narrator throughout the whole thing. I love the bits, like especially during the time warp, whenever they like they're singing <laughs> with the the doing the time warp, and they will jump over to the narrator, dude. He'll like tell them the steps or whatever, and it'll jump back. I love the little cuts that they made for that. Uh, I just and oh yeah, followed up with the time warp. I, I just yeah. I love that part in particular because it just like coalesces. <laughs>
1: Yeah, wait, did you say, like, was So Hot Patootie was your favorite song, or did you have another?
0: Mm, I Yeah, I would say that one's my favorite, followed by Time Warp. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I would say so.
1: I think my favorite is, is the Creature of the Night song. I love that song.
0: <sighs> That's a good one, too. Creature all of, of, all Night. of the songs are really good. Like I said, I only knew the Time Warp. Maybe that's, maybe why that's my, like, follow-up or my second place, but, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, um, Creature of the Night's definitely just, like, I just love that song. Like, it's, yeah, it's about discovery, and I don't know, it's it's a juicy one. Mm -hmm. I love how the whole movie in general just challenges conventions, like, what we expect things to be how we see things as quote-unquote normal this movie's like "Mm, does anybody see that normally though like it's like a dinner scene like have you ever been to like a normal family dinner like Uh i love like that they kind of that's part of how they relate to to the audience and and to other people who maybe identify as outcasts. I th- I just think it's clever. Um, it I love. I think you mentioned the fourth wall breaking I, with the narrator and uh, uh, Doctor Frankenfurter does it a, a few times as well. I I do love that.
0: Oh yeah, I forgot he does do that a few times.
1: Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, I feel like every time I see the ending of the movie, it almost feels like a different ending. Like, like which Shannon is going to experience Rocky Horror today? Like, uh, I don't, I get you. I don't I get know. You. I just it's it's a classic.
0: Yeah, no, and I like I like the movie because it did. It, I mean, I've been in, in entrenched with these thoughts, but I don't know Rocky Horror like put the words to, I'm sure, mine and a lot of the other people's, um, I don't know. We called it an awakening uh, earlier. Like, I put words to it. Um, everybody gleans, you know, their own things from the movie, like you said. Yeah. You know, it depends on the day, kind of. Um, and... When watching this all the way through, I kind of, I felt different. I felt different in a way. I was like, okay, like maybe I'm, you know, be embraceive of, you know.
1: Yeah. I don't know how it, it, it does make you feel different though. Mm-hmm. After mm-hmm. you watch it, you're like.
0: And it was really, it's like, that's probably the best way I'm going to have to be able to describe it. Because it is so.
1: It's like falling into a black hole.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it goes. <laughs> I like I like using the fr- you mentioned the tree analogy earlier. I like tendrils, yeah. uh, Just so many different routes that we can go down. I love it.
2: So
0: true, uh, Shannon. I like a lot of things. Hmm? I said I like a lot of things. Yeah, but I also dislike a lot of things. What did you dislike?
1: I bet I disliked when Eddie dies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Out of all the movies, that was like the most serious, like part of it. Like, like it kind of like record scratch. And the fucking like goes in the freezer and kills Eddie. Meatloaf. Yeah, Oh, love. I was about to make some like meatloaf pun like food pun about ketchup and something it was, that's probably what they <laughs>
2: were
1: going for
0: <laughs> but uh I, that part of it was interesting that's you don't like the part where he kills eddie yeah that's oh, my answer i see wait because he kills eddie or because eddie? of the tone
1: oh honestly both like so at first because it's like they cut away whenever he starts hacking him up like they don't show it Uh and so you're kind of like is what's happening what i think is happening like and then you realize like yes that is what was happening Uh,
0: talk about madness eddie's gone
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's both it's both that yeah it would have been great for eddie to have even more songs right
0: (laughs) um me i i don't like brad i don't like brad at all he sucks Damn it, Janet! He, I hate how that was like the begin. I, like it's a catchy tune.
2: Sure. But
0: yeah. I'm not denying that. <laughs> <fact>. <laughs> but yeah, it's a weird, weird uh, song. A weird song one, and then like his attitude to the whole movie. I mean, he does lighten up a little bit, but
1: you well, know. Yeah, you know what's weird about Brad too is he does. It's like it's like he he looks at everyone in the castle as if they are um in like what are those circus shows like a freak show oh, Like he looks at them like they're all in a freak show like he is just like watching them in cages or something like he is like he starts out just like so far removed that he just wants to watch and see it's like to me when i watch like I don't know real housewives or something like I can't
0: you're so far removed from it it's kind of preposterous exactly
1: and 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 he but he doesn't really like seem to find like a particular liberation like he has sex with uh right Mm -hmm. at one point but like I don't know I got the impression that that wasn't his first time in a way like it was for janet Mm -hmm. like
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I just he's not impressive no
0: (laughs)
2: <laughs>
1: Maybe right. someone out there can change our minds though. Yeah, if yeah. Brad's your favorite, change our minds.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm definitely open to it. And then I was going to say there were a few moments like in the musical numbers that like You can't rhyme everything. (laughs) You can't rhyme everything.
1: That's hilarious. If you change up
0: the tempo and the tone of the song and then, like, there was just some pretty hard stops in some of the songs where I was like, ooh, I don't know if I would have rhymed that with that,
1: (laughs) you know? (laughs) Maybe manuel Miranda or Uh, something.
0: Yeah, (laughs) There was uh, there was a few different parts, but for overall, I I really enjoyed the soundtrack. But
1: I I think too, like what you're speaking to adds to the camp. Oh,
0: okay, that's a good that's a good argument. That's yeah, a good I, argument. I love
1: it. We love Rocky Horror. Maybe I love it now. No, i do wrong.
0: <laughs> um, let's see, Shannon. Let's get into a few of our closing segments. Let's do into the zeitgeist. Do you want to you want to do takeaways?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, my, my takeaways kind of fell into, um, the, you haven't seen that movie podcast, like topics that we didn't discuss. Um, I'm honestly surprised I didn't bring this up sooner. Honestly. Uh, have you ever read the perks of being a wallflower by Stephen Chbosky?
0: I've not read it, but I, I remember watching the movie with you.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. It, it was made into a film as well. The book, um, is really good too. Um, I am I'm almost certain it's in both that um the main character he goes to see Rocky Horror and it, it's just very clear that like with him and his group of friends in this moment that that is um he his coming of age his you know that's where he is finding himself he's he's um he's being it so to speak and i think um we think about all of these movies that come and go out of our lives but but there's the, also these like rites of passages with certain films and i don't think that those are necessarily going anywhere and yeah i mean i think you know in perks of being a Wall- wallflower there's a moment where the main character says um and in this moment, we were infinite and he was just so happy. And so, you know, he he knew in that moment he was supposed to, he was where he was supposed to be in his life. You right. know, like mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be in here in this car with my friends listening to David Bowie. And I can't help but think that that, that I mean, I've never watched Rocky Horror and not felt that feeling, you know.
0: Mm, mm, I see. Nice. That's a good takeaway. I... For me, I... I'm sorry. Was that... Was that I yeah, don't, no, I don't I'm done. Interrupt. Okay. Um, I don't know. I think maybe my takeaway, you, you said it earlier, and it's kind of stuck with me, that you said narcissism, but that's not the case, being... I guess I brought it up that <laughs> that quote of it's okay to be selfish sometimes yeah. and to in this context take the time to figure out who you are. I think maybe, maybe I'll bring the example of whenever I went into college, I didn't know what I wanted to do in college right. and I bounced around like six different times and wasted a lot of money doing so. But if I had taken the time after high school to really sit down and think about me, where I wanted to be in the future or be open, be open to, you know, things that may come out of, you know, left or right field and kind of going with it, to be honest. I said the word chains earlier, but take those just like, I don't know. The weights, like taking those weights, weights of of judgment off of you from other people, yeah. I I think that's where I'll, I'll sure. put it, keep it at. Um, yeah, but yeah, allow you allow allow yourself to take those weights off and and to really build yourself. It's been a you know um, an adventure for me at least, and you know I want I want everybody to go on that.
1: Yeah, what is it that 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 Tim Curry says? He's like, allow yourself to give over to. Um, Pleasure, right? Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I think pleasure can be whatever you want it to be, and right. As long as that's where you're at, then hopefully, you know, you're feeling life. Right.
0: I love it. Feeling life. Feeling
1: life. Um. Uh, You
0: want to take the next or? conspiracy corner section yeah
1: yeah so segment. i wanted to I, I wasn't sure how much of our into the zeitgeist we would bring over but i i did want to find a conspiracy for this i don't know how much of a conspiracy this really is more of a perhaps rumor or folklore <laughs> um, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, it, it had and ha- still has many, many famous fans. Um, Meatloaf and Tim Curry actually met Elvis Presley, uh, a Los Angeles performance of the stage production. And I believe, um, they wanted Elvis Presley to play Eddie Meatloaf's character. I might have that wrong. It oh, might well, have, that would been have been someone cool. else, but Elvis Presley had to like go to war.
2: <laughs>
0: oh, damn. damn
1: that sucks um but uh definitely one of the i think this is great to it's just to know that knowing this is so fantastic is that princess diana um just absolutely loves the rocky horror picture show Aww. um i think you know for me something that i learned about um princess diana that so struck me was that she was like one of the first like elite people to be photographed holding the hand of a person who had AIDS or something like that. Like, uh, and, and, and just the fact that she even touched someone who had AIDS, just like shocked the nation. Um, but she, you know, was huh. pretty Frank about it, I guess you could say. Um, so once while doing a theater performance in Austria, Curry, Tim Curry was informed that Princess Diana wanted to meet him. Um, when they met, she told Diana, told uh, Tim Curry that the film, and I quote, Quite completed my education. <laughs> um, wink, wink. <laughs> apparently flashing a quote unquote wicked smile as she did so. Oh, that's fun. I just, I love that tidbit. I hope that that's true. I just, I could see it being true. <sighs>
0: oh, Tim Curry. That, that would be, so oh, that, that, I, I would treasure that moment for the rest of my life. That's so funny. Right. Uh, that's great. Yeah. Shannon, let's get into the awards segment. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to rule in classic or bust. I'm 100% throwing this down as a classic. I, oh, yeah. I cannot think of... There are a few movies, and I think you and I did one before in Borat... That is very pervasive throughout pop culture.
1: Oh, that's, that's such a good point.
0: And Borat was a prime example of that. And Rocky Horror is another great, great example because I literally can't go anywhere, you know. Um, and I don't know. I, even like small things. I, I feel like maybe one time it was just like somebody. I like video games and the topic of a time warp or like, or like whenever you're talking about like a plot of a movie, like it warps the time or whatever. And somebody be like time warp. <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay, all right, chill out, chill out. <laughs> yeah, let's not break out song and dance just yet. But um, anyways, yeah, so I, I would definitely say classic. I, I Now I know the hype. I guess. Um,
1: yeah, and, and it's it's a cult classic that differenti- differentiates itself from, like, other cult classics, which um, Fight Club comes to mind. Uh, what's that, Quentin Tarantino with the vampires?
0: Oh, from Dust Till Dawn.
1: Yeah, that comes to mind. Um, I can't think of a lot of others, but it differentiates itself in that it's... Um, just as connected with its audience as its audience is to each other and to the film,
0: oh my god, it's like within cult movies, it has its own cult following yeah exactly. i love I love that I love that, that like, exactly. Song, yeah um shannon who do you think the least important character of this movie is
1: oh yeah i didn't realize we were doing this i guess the least important is yeah i'll let you
0: sit on it i'll I'll, I'll say mine okay um, i think it's columbia in my opinion uh i understand that she was like the the ex to eddie or like eddie's ex or were they together whenever he got I don't, I
1: don't think they were. She says she very nearly loved him, which was something I think is funny.
0: <laughs> and like, other than, you know, the, I don't know. She was like the shenanigans with Magenta and riffraff or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like maybe she was the least important. I feel like it wouldn't take too much to kind of like write over something of that. Cause Eddie already had the connection with it. Well, later in, we don't figure out later in the movie. Um, his uncle, Doctor Scott.
1: Oh yeah. Um,
0: like so, if we took out Columbia, it would kind of be a little bit. I don't know. You would still have that, you know, semblance of like. oh I don't give a fuck about meatloaf. Like, where, the, how is he related to everything? But nonetheless, are you thinking of any?
1: Yeah, I'm inclined to agree, but I don't know. I could see how, like, with a twist or two, it could still be a good movie without Brad. Hmm.
0: I feel like you would need Brad there too. Hmm. How
1: would you?
0: How would you get across that Susan Sarandon is very vanilla?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think she kind of comes off as it, but like if you switched up her dialogue a bit and like kind of made her a little bit like-
0: more. You put the naiveness towards the the forefront yeah okay i can i can i can agree with that argument
1: yeah i don't want to say that would be a better movie but, but. i could see it <laughs>
0: <laughs> doable, do-able. <laughs> awesome standout moments shannon what's what's the movie, like i don't i want to go past three because that's just like the whole movie but
1: <laughs> no yeah for sure i think um the first one to, that comes to mind is obviously the time warp um <laughs> yes just random huge dance number what's it called like when people plan those things and they like start doing them in the streets or whatever
0: um (laughs) flash mob
1: flash mob yeah time warp flash mob um that's that's probably one of my favorites Mm -hmm. i think um when rocky comes to life oh, so yeah. weird and then I'll just go with the, the pool scene at the end because I'm always just like what the fuck
0: <laughs> you, you know what I'm like what the fuck about hmm. when Rocky awakes and he has a bowl cut okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean he's still good but keep the ladies <laughs> right. yeah, Jesus. that's like, why they have mine. to have
1: sex in the dark right <laughs>
0: Ah, it's like i love it oh shit um for me i think i'm just good i do like the songs i like all the songs but that's not like a standout moment um i would say one frank's intro um i love the the line it is patient sometimes i like i I just want to say that sometimes and like wait just like multiple seconds just go (laughs) <laughs> you know like just like really draw it out
1: <laughs> we, we um we use like an instant, instant messaging system um at my work and, and my former boss would always just like write things like the beginning of things and then not write like the rest and so I'd always want to post like that gif like anticipate <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, but I didn't want I don't know, <laughs> yeah.
0: I love Frank's intro, and then I yeah. love Meat Loaf as well. As I've said so multiple good. times throughout here, but. sweet
1: transvestite. Like, could you imagine, too, like if no one had told you what Rocky Horror was about, and then <laughs> you're just confronted with sweet transvestite? <laughs> <laughs> uh.
0: <coughs> <laughs> like really caught off guard yeah. by it. like
1: like you know, go it, to see it in the 70s in the theater and you just have no idea what it's about and then all of the i only imagine some like grandma like going
0: with their like oh rocky horror picture oh show it's goodness. a horror movie it's a horror movie whatever and like some old grandma grandpa will go yeah. and they're
2: like what the fuck is this shit yes. <laughs> this yeah. is wild yes. <laughs> i love it <sighs> uh,
0: Speaking like, of Meatloaf, um, moving into the trivia section. Oh, we're almost done, people. I promise. I promise. Yeah. Um, but Meatloaf was a UNT alumni. He, he graduated from the same college you and I did.
1: That's awesome. You know, I just learned that um, a little bit ago when we were planning for this episode. I think that's really cool. I had no idea. Hey, David, do you know who else went to UNT? Who? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. List some people.
0: The Eagles? (laughs) Me, Joe Green?
1: There's a particular person that I'm thinking of. Oprah?
0: Oh, we were talking about Oprah earlier. I don't know.
1: (laughs) David, Nora Jones went to UNT. Nora Jones. Oh,
0: okay. I know why you said that now. (laughs) Because I always forget it. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I always say Nora Jones went to UNT and David goes, she did. Every (laughs) single time.
0: (laughs) I love it. Shannon, do you have a oh, piece of trivia?
1: Yeah, sorry. It's me. Yeah, so I thought this was interesting. Um, I actually, there's a lot of fun trivia about Rocky Horror. Um, so I just kind of picked something that. R- seemed particularly random to me um and so i found in the 1970s some movie theaters showed two of tim curry's music videos before the midnight showings um the two music videos were i do the rock and paradise garage um and (laughs) i don't know i didn't even really know that tim curry had like music videos like i didn't really know that like (laughs) he was an artist like off Broadway or anything like that. I had no idea, but I, I listened to a couple of these earlier in like, It's pretty fun music. I got this like a few lines from the I Do The Rock song. He says, Einstein's celebrating 10 decades, but I'm afraid philosophy is just too much responsibility for me. I do the rock. I do the rock. And he has his hair like all permed. Oh, nice. I love it. And in the I Do The Rock video... I'm pretty sure it was that one. It could have been the other one. One of them, uh, Frank Inverter, like walks by him. It's really funny. Oh, that was funny. Um, but yeah, I just I thought that was wild. Uh, if you haven't seen those music videos, I invite you to check those out there on YouTube and talk about a throwback.
0: Right? Jeez. Shannon, do you have anything else that you'd like to bring up before we kind of wrap up here?
1: I don't think so but I I would maybe ask the audience like if you see or know of any sort of um, references to Rocky Horror from today where you've noticed it in pop culture and we left that out and you want to tell us about it like definitely please do like I love hearing about like the just continuous impact that this movie has Mm
0: -hmm. it's always very heartwarming when I hear stories like that so if i can experience it i'm glad that other people are can still being the first ones to experience it so yeah oh man okay shannon cool. long episode oh my goodness but we i think we did a fucking great job yeah um i want to first um, thank everybody for listening to this week's episode. Well, this double feature episode, <laughs> of the, you haven't seen that movie podcast and into the zeitgeist. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, Shannon, thank you so much. I know that we have been talking about this for, I don't know, like a month or so. Um, and you know, getting prepared for it. And I feel that I'm very proud uh, of this one. It's going to be a two parter, obviously, you know, but, um, let's find something else, to, something else very pervasive in pop culture yeah. and do another two-parter. I think it would be fun.
1: You know, now that you say that, you did make me think, um, you know, and we we referenced you haven't seen that quite a bit. But in Into the Zeitgeist, we talk about the most dangerous game. And in that, we talk about, you know, how, and maybe I did say this earlier, but evil and cunning and uh, uh, really at the heart of, someone who is the most dangerous game is ignorance and so i think you know i think we're just constantly hoping to explore different sides and see in ways that we haven't before
0: Mm -hmm. i have to like concur with you in that because i one of the i guess Goals of the show that I always think of is, is getting other perspectives and bringing that in. Yeah. I love POV, that little acronym. Um, just because I am only one person and yeah. I'm glad that you're another person who can come with me to do that. And thank you audience for, for one, listening to us and two, allowing us to i guess yeah i I, I was about to say perpetuate and i was like that's a horrible word to say um i don't know Continue to share these perspectives so shannon do we have do we know what we're gonna do um next week
1: yes we do we are going to reflect we're gonna have some introspection. Right. That
0: is right. We are doing a reflections episode. Oh David looks so
1: shocked. I was like, wait is there
0: one that I didn't know about it. <laughs> no. We're gonna we're gonna do um we're gonna I don't know. I don't know how long we'll make it, but it'll be a yeah. nice uh reflection over the topics that we've done in this first wave. And maybe even give a little um uh, taste of what's to come. Maybe yeah. we can talk about a few of the things. Um I know we've We've definitely highlighted on it. We have like a little list of of topics that we want to, you know, we just add occasionally, but we've highlighted a few that like we're really pumped about. So I think we'll we'll chat about it next week. How about that, Shannon?
1: Yeah. And if there's anything like, you know, we missed in any of our previous episodes that you want us to talk about, please let us know.
0: Yeah, Definitely. Other than that, if you want to show your support for the You Haven't Seen That Movie podcast or Into the Zeitgeist, consider checking out our Patreon at patreon.com slash WDM1. Also consider joining our Facebook and Instagram pages to see when new episodes go live. And then if you you like this movie, you hate it, um, let us know by calling our voicemail. Um, Both Facebook and Instagram have call buttons. So, yeah, give us a ring. Um, Other than that. Shannon and I will see y'all next week
1: I've got to go do the time warp again
0: (laughs) again (laughs) (laughs) I got to do the time warp for like the 500th time oh my god that makes me want to go to that like uh, costume store that you were talking about earlier
1: oh yeah you've never been there no never go visit Rose Costumes it's in Texas you can find the address I believe in you
0: (laughs) (laughs) bye everybody bye Our episodes are recorded in the Dallas-Fort Worth, Austin, and San Antonio areas in the state of Texas. All of Waters Media shows are funded by you over on Patreon at patreon.com slash wdm1. The following names are at the highest tier, the producer level, and I am humbled. Thanks, Hughes. Lone Star Aeronautics and Sharon.